Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Welcome to episode number 348 of the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Steve Say. Joining me this week are Mr. Bob Ryer. Hi. <laughs> and a good hearty hello! Hello! <laughs> hey, what's going on? Uh, good, good, uh, good times, everybody. Welcome to this week's show. Uh, as you can tell, we are a little punchy because, boy, it has been a very, 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 very big week uh, in comics after uh, this past week, San Diego Comic-Con. So we're going to talk about that business a little bit, some of the announcements, some of the trailers, all that jazz. And we've also got a couple of comics for you and stuff like that. So you know how hmm. we roll. Um, let's see. Actually, Bob, uh, we have a lot of stuff to go over tonight, so I think we're just going to jump right in. Why don't you, uh, take it away for a moment, uh, for Paul Tobin? Yes, absolutely. Just came to our attention that Paul Tobin, uh, co-creator of Bandette with Colleen Coover, is having some health issues, and he's got some eye work being done, and that's... Something we want to wish him the absolutely speediest of recoveries. It does sound prognosis good. So, fingers crossed and knockwood and all that jazz for Paul Tobin. I hope he's back up creating real soon. Absolutely. All right. We wish him well. I would like to introduce you all to a new segment here on Talking Comics. A new segment? A new segment (gasps) called The Life and Times. Of Jessica Schaefer. <laughs> now, we don't we don't always let you guys in on some behind the scenes stuff, but this is just this is too good. This is too good, Jessica. Oh, I would like you to tell us the story because Bob hasn't heard it yet. No, we kept it from Bob. Of your uh, your 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 moment. My today. moment today. Yes. I so all right so. Dan, my husband, is away in Jersey, all right? And when he is gone, we're very close to one another, so we text constantly. And uh, earlier on in the day, it is my mother's birthday, so I sent out a birthday. group. Yeah, happy birthday to my mom. Um, it is her birthday on Thursday. So I, being the oldest and the coordinator of all things, um, sent out a group text message saying, like, hey, mom wants us for her birthday. If we all chip in, we can all get it for her. It'd be lovely. Not remembering that I sent that message and that he was the first name on the chat, <laughs> sent a message of me with no pants on. 
<laughs> with me with no pants on to my brother, my sister, my brother's wife, <laughs> and my sister's boyfriend. <laughs> in the middle of the day. <laughs> so, being mortified, I then was like, please delete this. And my sister-in-law oh. told me that it was already screenshotted <laughs> and will be safe forever. <laughs> so, yeah, I sent my whole family a picture of me with no pants on today. <laughs> well, I've actually been in touch with your family since I've heard the story. <laughs> And they wanted me to be the one to tell you that you're going to be this year's Christmas card. <laughs> I am. I'm that awkward family photo. <laughs> Your sister with no pants on. <laughs> now, things were covered, thank God. Like, it wasn't that, like, mortifying. But uh, wasn't saucy? You know. It wasn't, you know, it, but it's not the picture that you want to send to your brother. All right. No, you know? like, I would think not. not. Yeah, it's not the picture that you, but you know, that's me in a nutshell. That's kind of my life in a nutshell is that. I don't know whose legs those right are. Now. You can't prove anything. <laughs> yeah, you can't prove that those are mine. That's, that's what it is. Like, you just see my legs, like, you know, a little suggestively under the desk. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> it was the Dan. He's gone. We're sad. Oh. I love my husband. Aww. You listen to this. Love you, bud. <laughs> I happen so, yeah. to be very fond of him as well. He is a fine, <laughs> fine fellow. You are both well, wonderful while, people. Right, while we speak, is having a t-shirt made up with that picture on it. Probably. <laughs> oh, they are dying. They think it's the yeah. funniest thing that's ever happened. Me, I'm like mortified, like crawling underneath the desk. It was more my sister's boyfriend. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if I ever get my else. band back together again, we're gonna it's gonna be the album cover. Oh god. All right. Please don't know. Anyway. Right. That don't was worry. My you'll, you'll get royalties. We'll we'll work something out. It'll be fine. Um <laughs> So we'll get to uh we'll get to some San Diego Comic Con stuff. By the way, Jess, thank you. I appreciate you being willing yes. to embarrass yourselves. That, that was lovely. Podcast. Um we're gonna hop into lightning rounds because I wanna keep the train a moving. We have so many things to talk about later. So I'm going to put five minutes on the clock, and I am going to ask Bob to uh, fill those minutes with... No, no, won't do it. Not going to do it. Good old-fashioned comic book talk. That we'll have, but just not five minutes of it. Trust me. Okay. Um, Keeping it short. Keeping it quick. All right. Go. Tell me when. All right. (laughs) Lightning strikes now, and go. Batwoman 17 by Marguerite Bennett and Fernando Blanco begins the last two-issue arc in Ms. Bennett's stellar run on this title. And this part one of Time of Your Life is a masterfully done work that brings together virtually every element that has made Ms. Bennett's run quite special. Back in Gotham City, Kate Kane is taking stock of her life, her family in the form of Restored to Sanity's sister Beth, and as well as friends Renee Montoya with some surprises all while a mysterious new crime wave surges through the city. Clever and stylish, uh, with with uh, just amazing, amazing bits and pieces on every single page, with both laugh-out-loud and touching emotional moments. While I can't wait to see how this story ends, I'm going to hate to see it go. Then there's another sort of life issue. is The Life of Captain Marvel Number 1 by Margaret Stoll, with art by Carlos Pacheco and Marguerite Savage. Margaret Stoll's new story goes to some really deep, dark places to bring a different context to how Carol Danvers became Captain Marvel. And by that, I mean not just her powers, but the hero she's grown to be. 
I think that I could draw a through line from back in her supporting character days in the original Captain Marvel series through her first Ms. Marvel series, X-Men Avengers appearance, certainly Brian Reed stuff, all straight through into Kelly Sue DeConnick's run. And I can hang the bits that are in this book right along it. Mm. As, as you're getting to see Ms. Stoll, it's just a developing new run that is going to be something special. Her run, as she started with Mighty Captain Marvel some while back, got interrupted by a lot of a lot of events. It did seem there was something really great going on if you could get past all of it. I think this, it's not an easy read, i got to tell you that, but it is a very, very engaging one. What do you mean by easy? Easy meeting, fun, happy, light. There's some there's some dark stuff here, ah. but it's it's. I think it's going to end up being important. I think it's it's really really well done. She has some great back matter too. Really quickly, I did manage to find myself a copy of Marvel Superhero Adventures: Ms. Marvel and the Teleporting Dog. Sweet. <laughs> where Spidey Spidey goes over to Jersey City because he's got a tip about the. Or the Serpent Society, and he runs into Kamala and Lockjaw and all sorts of fun stuff. It is really, really charming. It is kid-friendly art, but not childish art. And there's a framing sequence that's done more straight ahead. So you get a chance to pick that up for the little one in your life or yourself, because I enjoyed the heck out of it. Sweet. That's it for me. Ah, a whole two minutes left. See, I told you. I told you. Um, I'm excited to hear you say such nice things about uh, The Life of Captain Marvel number one. I, too, picked that up, have not read it yet, but uh, was optimistic, and now I am definitely looking forward to it. Do you think that the other stuff would read better now that it's collected at all? Uh, yeah, it certainly would, because you, you wouldn't have that weight in between where... Oh, gee, I got to put up with another month or two of not getting to read the actual Captain Marvel story. Mm -hmm. You had all that Alpha Flight stuff. And while Alpha Flight was fun, you also had four issues of her worrying about the shield covering the Earth because of Hydra Cap. And it just went on and on forever. Mm. And yes, the interaction on the ship was great, but it just <sighs> she was trapped. And by that, I mean she, both of them. Carol was trapped outside of Earth, and Margaret Stoll was trapped outside of Earth with Carol, too, telling that story. Much, it's it's an amazing piece of work here. This is, deep, it's deep stuff. It's still fun. It is still Carol. Don't get me wrong. It didn't all of a sudden into Camille with Greta Garbo or anything. Mm -hmm. But there's some, there's some important stuff, heavy stuff here with some interesting twists. Do I have to have read the other Stoll nope. stuff to appreciate? Okay. Nope. Okay. Not really. If you read Kelly Sue stuff, you're in good shape. If you read old stuff, you're in good shape. Hmm. You know, a lot of people love the Brian Reed run. That in the midst of when she was in the Avengers and being expelled for being a drunkard twice and mm -hmm. all that jazz, uh, and she was going to be the best she could be, and so on. That it, it's those there are bits and pieces of that thrown into here, and you can then see how young Carol got to be the security officer on the base when Marvel first shows up, how she can, can be this character now after all that's happened. Okay. Yeah. I'm in. You'll enjoy it. I think. Right. I hope. 
I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. Jessica. I almost did That's it. so normally. I know. I, I was it. like waiting for you to do it and you didn't do it. I'm I almost know. sad. I'm a little know, sad. A little tear. I'm all up in your <laughs> mind, man. All right. <laughs> so, are you going to take the whole five minutes? What do you think? No. No, I kept it really short. I kept it nice and nice and short. I will not take the whole five minutes. Right. I'll Every, be good. Everybody on the ball. I tried. <laughs> I appreciate that. It makes me you feel know. like I have some kind of power. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you have five minutes on the clock that you probably won't need. Go. All right. Uh, first book, The Thrilling Adventure Hour, number one. Uh, ben Acker and Ben Blacker, uh, based on the popular Hollywood stage show and podcast, The Thrilling Adventure Hour, number one, is a new series that follow, follows around the creme de la creme of the Upper West Side, ghost hunters extraordinaire, and professional alcoholics, Frank and Sadie Doyle. While entertaining a few guests, they are interrupted by Adam Silver, a man in desperate need of their special ghost viewing abilities. After they agree to his plea, they move their parting party including their beverages to adam's haunted house to kick some ghost butt i mean what could possibly go wrong oh well i don't know everything uh <laughs> if you were into uh old crime drama horror noir kind of stuff you'll enjoy this book the humor is perfect as well as the art style you don't have to know anything about the podcast or the stage show to enjoy the book either um but if, if you do have a few moments after you listen to us, you should go check it out because it is pretty good. Again, if you're into this kind of thing, these guys do it very well. Uh, this was a great first issue that gave me just enough to want to come back for more. Uh, my second book, Magic the Order, number one and two. It's actually two books I liked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is the first book out of Mark Millar and Netflix New Union, uh, published by Image Comics with art by Oliver Koypel. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, a Koypel. Koypel? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Let's, let's try it. Whatever Joey it is. Was here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Whatever it is. Uh, put some magic snoot order. on it. Go, go ahead. <laughs> Magic the Order was highly anticipated and actually broke pre-order records. Uh, set in a world where monsters have never been seen and there are no bumps in the night. Why is this, you ask? Because of the Magic Order. The Magic Order is made up of five families of magicians sworn to protect our world. By day, they live among us as regular people, but one nice, once night arrives, they are brave sorcerers and wizards that protect us from an evil darkness. An evil darkness that has started picking them off one by one. Think the mob meets Harry Potter. Um, this is what happens when shit gets real in Harry Potter land, okay? That's kind of the way this is. It's like an adult Harry Potter. Uh, it's very, it's 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 not for kids at all. Um, when I read the first issues for a few weeks ago, I was actually on the fence about it, so I waited for number two before I chose to talk about it. Um, it seems to have that kind of review, too, back and forth. In the second issue, we start to dive deeper into this interesting universe. While they could have went a little deeper into characterization, we do get enough of the rest of this crazy universe that Millar is creating, um, from drowned taxi cabs to a castle hidden in oil paintings, that made me hooked. I'm a big Harry Potter fan, I am a big fantasy fan, and hmm. I've watched a lot of mob documentaries with my father, so it was a perfect, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I will be picking up number three. Okay. Yeah. Do you, have you checked out the Netflix show for that? What are you, are you for going? that? No, I don't think it's a show. I don't know if they're doing the show right now. I know they just have the comic. I'm not actually sure. Oh, is it like a motion comic thing? Yeah, they had a um, uh, 
they had like a preview for it that was done in like that cool like motion you know what i mean where mm-hmm. they took parts of the comic and like animated them but i don't know if it's actually going to be a show i know they're doing like he's doing jupiter ascending and yeah, they're uh, doing a bunch of uh things yeah of his. they're doing a bunch yeah i know that you know what uh, i mean but i don't know is another yeah, one Huck yeah is another one yeah, um, but I don't know if this is actually just now they're now doing comics. This is going to stay a comic, but it's actually through because they bought Millar Wall, uh, mm-hmm. his publishing. Mm-hmm. So it's actually published by Netflix through Image. Yeah, they're doing like eight more yeah. Kingsman things too. Actually, yeah, five, Kingsman. But... Yeah, yep, yep. They're doing a whole bunch of that stuff. So, so it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Yeah, um, it's you know it's funny. It won't be long before I would say I'd give it till the end of next year where the indie comic book property stuff starts to kind of come out like the TV shows or the movies based on the stuff. And a lot of people who go and you know, see the superhero stuff, the Marvel stuff or the DC stuff and whatnot, they're going to start to see other stories in, in other genres and other things um, oh, yeah. saturating theaters and, and television at, at some point. And, um, well, I mean, it's already starting. I mean, look at, I mean, deadly class. Did you see the, I mean, that looks great. I'm it, very yeah, I did see, see that. deadly class, you know, um, like that's on sci-fi. Like, yeah. I, I was shocked when that I was like sci-fi, like I'm going to get to turn on like regular, cable, yeah. <laughs> you know, television and like, see like deadly class. Like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, it's so, a, yeah no, you know, you're right. It's starting. It's already there. It's so. a really good time to be, like a a literary nut of any sort because everybody's novels are being adapted. All this stuff is like TV is actually compelling for, you know, like you used to just have your shows and stuff like that. But now you have stuff like game of Thrones and Mm. Westworld and, and even like some of the network shows that are really good drama and they have, you know, a good production budget or like a good sci-fi show like killjoys you know, um, Netflix is making stuff and dropping it all in one day and whatever. I don't know. It's it's really cool. It's really it's a fun it's, time. It, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's and but I'm like I'm I'm very anxious for when people start to see stuff like Deadly Class or we hear that they're finally going through with like a Morning Glories or something like that. Um, Runaways was excellent. It was different. It was different mm. than than the book, but. I mean, for me personally, like, I don't really want to see the same story represented on screen. I want to see something new. So that doesn't bother me when they take a little bit of liberty with uh, the property. It depends on how far you go with it. And it's, you know, situation by situation kind of thing. But um, more times than not, I'm always psyched to check things out. Um, Regardless of my interest level sometimes, (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll talk about some of that stuff a little bit later um dc's got a show that i'm i'm woof all right um uh, yeah. we, we all know what show you're talking yeah, about yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we'll get to we'll it later see. we'll, we'll get to it we'll later. see what happens um <laughs> so i have a lightning round i guess i should do i'll uh i'll talk for a few minutes about a thing sure i'll put sure. five minutes on the clock for myself okay so I uh, I read two things this past week. I read Batman number 51, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. And I decided that I was tired. I was very tired. I'm tired of... I'm being real with you guys for a minute. 
got Madeline Kahn in my head singing like Marlena Dietrich. I'm we so tired. <laughs> we do this show every week, right? And like you'd be surprised about how quickly that comes up. So I read every night, and we're always reading new stuff because we always want to have new content to talk about and whatever. But every now and again, I got to remind myself that it's okay to not go crazy and read like nine to 11 things within Wednesday, Thursday, forget mm -hmm. most of it because you just tore through it for the sake of having content for the show. Every now and again, you have to stop and smell the roses or in my case, the blood. Uh, I decided to read a whole lot of suicide squad this uh, past oh, week. Wow. I have been searching. Bob knows this. Ever since we started this show and the DC-52 launched and stuff like that, once Suicide Squad came along, every time they relaunched it, I picked up the new number one. I gave it like a few issues, but it never really hooked me. I don't know if it was the, the characterizations, the voice, or, or the art or what, but um, along comes Rob Williams and art by, I'm going to just give a couple of these here, Jim Lee, Jason Fabok, Stepan Seish. Uh, John Romita Jr., Eddie Barrows, Tony S. Daniels, Stephen Byrne, Christian Ward, Giuseppe Camancoli, Sandra Hope, Francesco Matina, and many, many, many more. Uh, Suicide Squad, when you read it all in a lump, is actually a really good time. It's bananas. Uh, so the, the thing that kind of warps my mind a little bit about Suicide Squad, or at least Rob Williams' uh, version is that of all the villains that are featured in the series, the worst one of them all is Amanda Waller. And so a lot of this run, and this, this goes throughout, I read four volumes of it, uh, plus the Justice League versus Suicide Squad, um, like six issue event thing as well. And um, there's some really good comedy peppered throughout these stories, and they're all really wild. It kind of begins with Amanda Waller getting an orb that can reach into the phantom zone and pull things out. And so she keeps it in the basement of Bell Rev and she's like looking sure. to use it as a weapon. And so they get Zod and Zod is just absolutely insane, but she somehow manages to incarcerate him in the first arc. And it just, they kind of walk away from it for a while. And I'm like, Oh, so we're just going to leave him under, you know, the red sun, uh, solar beams you got and we're just going to forget about that but eventually he comes back into the story as a member of the team and it's just crazy um, Enchantress is absolutely hilarious June Moon is, is okay whatever she's not really that interesting she's sweet she's nice but <laughs> en Enchantress is amazing the dialogue that comes out of her mouth when she's casting spells or doing magic it's just hysterical um let me see. Harley Quinn is a lot of fun. She has one of the better character arcs of the series, including a will they or won't they relationship with Rick Flagg. So wrap Ooh. your mind around that. Cosmonaut is there. He's doing stuff. He talks and a peanut comes out. <laughs> so um, they fight the Justice League, as I mentioned, a big event, mostly uh, written by Joshua Williamson. And um, let me see my notes here. Ba, ba, ba. Uh I want to keep going. Like I do want to read some other stuff this week and have different books to talk about, whatever. But um, I'm keeping with it, and I'm having a lot of fun. And it's just this kind of like outrageous romp with all these characters that have really good um, chemistry with one another. You know, Boomerang's fun. Um, 
Croc is ridiculous. It was a little jarring going from Rob Williams stuff to Joshua Williamson stuff because he wrote Croc differently. And um, so that was kind of weird. But other than that, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm going to stick with it. One of my main reasons is because I absolutely love to hate Amanda Waller. She is so terrible. She's one of the worst villains in the DC uh, universe. And I never really realized it until I read this. She's a terrible person. Okay. That's my thing. I had 10 seconds left. Good for me. Good job. Yay. Yay. I have one of those issues. Can you guess which one? Number one. Not the one that uh, Stepan did. That's the one. Ah, yeah. That's the one that Bob has. That was fun. That was actually really cool reading that and seeing his artwork with those characters. It's amazing how much June Moon looks like uh, like a sunstone uh, character. (laughs) And correct me if I'm wrong. Do you remember... could swear that there's like a poster there's like a sunstone poster in the background of her cell or something like that at some I'll point to, i'll have to go look for that yeah. yeah at some point there's a cameo i saw it and i was like is that that looks anyway Love a good um, cameo. Yeah. it's fun it's really i finally have a suicide squad book that i'm having a good time with i have all of it so i'm reading i'm, I'm reading up until rob williams is done uh we'll see if i continue it after that I think they're relaunching it with a new number one, if I'm not mistaken. But um, yeah, it's been it's it's been cool, and it's been cool having one thread in my head for for the week, and not you know twelve, fourteen, twenty <laughs> something different things. So that was nice. And um, one last thing that I want to touch on super quick before we move on to Batman is it. Never really hit me until this past week, I guess, because I haven't come across it in a while. It's been a while since I've binged um, like a superhero book, supervillain book, whatever. And um, you'd be amazed at how many times you have to remind readers of what's happening in the story, like the recap, particularly the bit about why the Suicide Squad have to do what they have to do because they have the brain bombs inside their head. When you read them so closely together, like it comes up all the time. And every time it's like a game, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Like, let's see how, what other way can you explain, can you explain this super quick? And they do a very good job. Rob Williams does an excellent job in, uh, in doing that sort of thing. But I just had to laugh to myself as I was going through these issues. And I was like, oh, it's bomb time. Let's just, you know, put our feet back and get through this page and move on. So funny. Um, but, you know, you got to you gotta catch up new readers if they come in halfway through or whatever. Exactly. That's uh, so it needs to get done. Got to sell those issues. All right. Let's move on to open discussion. Talk about Batman number 51. This is the first issue after the big wedding. And Bruce Wayne slash Batman is grumpy. <laughs> he's a little bit more than that. Yeah. Um, he's he's unhinged. He's unhinged. So does who wants to to summarize this? Should I do it or Bob? Do you want to do no, it? No, you're, you're you're doing it. All right, all right, go for it. So the I'm not gonna give too much away, but like the book opens with Bruce Wayne like stepping out and he's stepping up to the court building and everybody, ooh, it's Bruce Wayne, he's so handsome and all these things. 
And you find out that he has jury duty. And rather than like pull some strings, he's totally into it. And he's like, yep, I'm here to do my civic, my, my, my civic duty, Bruce Wayne style. And so he goes in and you find out that it's a trial for Victor Freeze, who is being uh, put on trial for the killing of three women uh, in and about Gotham. And so the way that the comic is structured is that we keep flashing from kind of what brought Batman to freeze and to quote unquote solve the case. And it was Batman's evidence when he was inspecting the bodies that kind of led him in that direction. And so now the question of, you know, is Batman's say so good enough for the GCPD? And that's a whole other issue. And is this like a, like a violation of, of their, I don't know, evidence criteria, whatever. I'm not a lawyer. Um, but the I think what I what I really love. I'm gonna to skip to to the to the part where I talk about my opinion because I can't summarize this anymore. Uh-huh. Um, what I really dug about this issue is that upon reading it a second time, there's like all these little things going on both in the dialogue and the way that Bruce kind of you know maneuvers through this this juror process all the way up to, you know, hearing the case and everybody thinks that it's going to be cut and dry because it's Mr. Freeze. Of course he did it and blah, 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 blah. But you have these flashes of Batman going after Freeze and questioning him about his involvement in this thing. And he's just, he's out of control. You know, he's violent and he's, he's smashing things and he's just, he's just being, he's loud. Like he's, he's, he's got, he's got his cowl turned up to 11. Like he's really... (laughs) You know, he's really going at it. And it, it becomes a thing of like, did he actually do it? Or did you just scare him into admitting to something that he might not have done? And out of like fear in that moment that he was going to die. Like he was just like, yeah, I did it. And now Bruce is like stepping in and he's going to, you know, do whatever he's going to do. I don't know if he's trying to, to put him away or if he's looking to get him off of the case. I don't know. Um, Tom King. Word up. You write a good Batman <laughs> book, my friend. Uh, Jess, what were your what are your thoughts about this issue? Um, yeah, same kind of deal. I mean, I thought it was great. You know, Batman is like, he is at a 14. We needed him dial back down to like a 10 again, okay? Like, he is like pissed off. He is angry. And I really, I really find it interesting how he did that, how he makes you, you know what I mean? Like, second guess, like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Is he really, did he really do this? Or did he just go so crazy that he's just got this guy hanging off, you know, the end of a building and he would just, you know, admit to anything? I mean, at that point, if you're going to die, like, you might. Um, yeah, no, interesting take. It's totally different than what we've been seeing, too. Like, you know, this mm-hmm. is a totally different, like, turn from, like, the Bat and Cat stuff, um, which I, I don't think is a bad thing. Like, you know me, I, I love I love me some Bat and Cat, but it, it was kind of nice, and it's, like, not, you know, really, like, there is no mention of that in this. Like, this is just post, yeah. you know, he is angry, well, he is pissed, you know? Like, there's one thing about it that I thought was really neat was that he knows that if he... Um, like it has to be unanimous, right? So if he throws a wrench into the works, the trial could take several weeks. Mm-hmm. And we know that Bat and Cat just split up and it's he's taking himself off the off the field. You know, like he's voluntar- mm-hmm. voluntarily removing himself for several weeks in seclusion at wherever the courts of the hotels or whatnot. And it's that's another thing about his motivation for being there that I'm wondering about like what is your thing here? Are you just going to muck with it so that you can 
be stuck somewhere else while your other bat family pick up the slack? Are you hiding? You know, it's an inter- you know, it, it, and I, I totally, I totally agree with that. And it's a kind of interesting, like thought, like, why, why are you doing this? What, what is actually going on behind the scenes? And that's the other thing too, is like, why is he actually, you know, kind of going after Victor Freeze for these, you know, three girls, not even just that. Is it, is it really that like, what's, and you know, I don't know at this point, I think we've come to realize that like down the line, like, you know, 10 books from now, it will make sense. You know, like, that's kind of what I have in my the back of my head, too, is like, you know, like, oh, don't worry, like, in five books, like, you'll understand what's going on, which I think is great. I, I'm not I'm not opposed to that. So. So, yeah, no, I was totally into it. Right on. Bob, your thoughts. Well, uh, it is a very intriguing premise. I don't think we've seen this before. The idea of Bruce Wayne participating in a trial that his alter ego has so much to do with. I agree with both of you. We don't know exactly how much of what we're seeing, even though Victor Freeze is beaten to a pulp and his helmet smashed and his goggles knocked off and he's got a black eye. Is that his take on things? Is it the truth? We're not, you know, we'll, we'll know more moving on. So I, I enjoyed a lot of that. I particularly loved the bit with James Gordon and the other him as Dick Grayson shows up at, at mm-hmm. Gotham police headquarters. Is uh, he asked, you know, is he all right? And Dick is no. Yeah, I have, I have, I have a, I have a. No, it's not serious because it's comic books. I do have one question about this, and it's about the timeline. Okay. If mm-hmm. Catwoman one takes place a week or so after, and we're you're as from what both of you are saying and the way I so read this, this is happening. In theory, he's he's upset about what happened, so he is beating the snot out of Mister Freeze. How is it that Victor Freeze is already on trial in a murder one case a week after he's been arrested? Hmm. Not happening in the real world. Maybe in Gotham City it does. In the real world, that's months and months of stuff. They got a special program for okay. like ex <laughs> Arkham villains. Yeah. Yeah. They just, like, you know, once like he goes into that... jail, that's it. You go right to court. Like there's yeah. no, you know, like Victor Freeze has that card. He's like the VIP. They just put him <laughs> over to the other like, side. Like the like... HOV lane or... of criminal yeah. prosecution. Or, yeah. 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 Bob, maybe okay, it's yeah. not in this. Maybe we're he's wrong. Got the, maybe uh... it's not in the timeline. You know, we could be wrong. Easy, he's got the easy pass at uh, <laughs> Gotham uh, judicial, whatever. I mean, like you said, in five books, we could find out that this wasn't, he did it before the wedding and he's just angry. I don't, you know, like, you don't know. It could, you could be right, Bob. It could, it could be, you know, in a different timeline. Maybe we're wrong. It's interesting. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it'll line up. I mean, I I would imagine that after working uh, together on the stuff and they were, they were tossing around ideas and I mean, they have whole summits for this kind of thing. Right. So, and honestly, like every time that I feel like I, I I might be getting steered the wrong way, Tom King has a very good way of writing the path that I'm just like I'm right there. So um, I don't know another another good issue of Batman for for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for all of us. Yeah. yeah. All righty then, let's move on to Eisner Awards. The Eisner Awards were this past weekend. And there were some sweeps and some very, very uh, lovely and talented winners. So, uh, Bob, would you care to uh, share the list with us? Sure. I'll take my shot at some of these. Here we go. 
This is the complete winner's list, so mark down your favorites, and, and if you're scoring at home, you know who you are. Best Short Story, A Life in Comics, The Graphic Adventures of Karen Green, by Nick Susanis in Columbia Magazine for summer 2017. Best Single Issue Slash One Shot was Hellboy, Krampus Nacht, by Mike Mignola and Adam Hughes for Dark Horse. Best Continuing Series, Monstrous, Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda, from Image. Best Limited Series, mm-hmm. Black Panther World of Wakanda by Roxanne Gay, Tanahisi Coates, and Alethea E. Martinez, Marvel. Best new, best new, go please. Best New Series, Black Bolt, Sheldon Ahmed and Christian Ward, also Marvel. Told you. <laughs> sure. I talked about that every <laughs> issue. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. Best publication for early readers up to age eight was Goodnight Planet by Linears, Toon Books. Best publication for kids ages nine to 12, The Tea Dragon Society by Katie O'Neill, Oni Press. Best publication for teens 13 to 17, Monstrous, Marjorie Lusana Takeda. Just from the title, I want to read this one. Best humor publication, Baking with Kafka by Tom Gold. (laughs) Drawn and quarterly. Was it make giant cockroach cupcakes or something? I, I do want to see that. Oh, gross. Best anthology. I'm Googling it, though. <laughs> yes. Best anthology elements. Fire, a comic anthology by creators of color, edited by Tanika Stotts, Beyond Press. Best reality-based work. Steve did tell us about this one, Spinning. Mm-hmm. Tilly Walden from First Second. Such an amazing book. Uh, here was... My big pick for last year, Best Graphic Album New, My Favorite Thing is Monsters by Emil Ferris from Fantagraphics. Yay. Best Graphic Album Reprint, Boundless by Jillian Tamaki, Drawn in Quarterly. Best Adaptation from Another Medium, Kindred by Octavia Butler, adapted by Damian Duffy and John Jennings Abrams Comics Art. Best U.S. Edition of International Material, Run for It, Stories of Slaves Who Fought for the Freedom by Marcella de Salette. Translated by Andrea Rosenberg, also Fantagraphics. Best U.S. edition of International Material, Asia. My Brother's Husband, Volume 1, by Gingora Tagami. Translated by Ana Ishii, Pantheon. Best archival collection project, Strips. Celebrating Snoopy, by Charles M. Schultz. Edited by Alexis E. Fajardo and Dorothy O'Brien from Andrews McNeil. Best archival collection project, Comic Books. Akira, 35th Anniversary Edition by Katsuhiro Otomo, edited by Haruko Hashimoto, Ajani Aloye, and Lauren Scanlon. Best Writer, looks like it was a tie, Tom King for Batman, Batman Annual to the Batman Elmer Fudd Special and Mr. Miracle, and Marjorie Liu for Monstrous. Best best Writer slash Artist, Emil Ferris, My Favorite Thing is Monsters. Best Penciler Inker or Penciler Inker Team, Mitch Gerards. I guess he's both of those things for Mr. Miracle, <laughs> DC. Nice. Best Painter, Multimedia Artist, Interior Art, Santa Takeda, Monstrous. Uh, she's also Best Cover Artist. Weaned up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best Coloring, Emil Ferris. My favorite thing is Monsters. Best Lettering, Stan Sakai, Yusagi Ujimbo, Gru, Slay of the Gods. So both of those books for Stan Sakai, awesome veteran. Best comic-related periodical slash journalism, The Comics Journal, edited by Dan Dadal, Timothy Hodler, and Tucker Stone, 
tjc.com, also Fantagraphics. Best comics-related book, How to Read Nancy, The Elements of Comics in Three Easy Panels by Paul Karasik and Mark Newgarden, Fantagraphics. They did clean up, too. Best academic scholarly work, which we had our winner last year in Professor Carolyn Coca, and but she wasn't there this year. But we do have Latinx superheroes in mainstream comics by Frederick Louis Aldama from the University of Arizona Press. I think Mara got robbed. Best publication design, Akira 35th Anniversary Edition, designed by Phil Balsman, Akira Saito, Norma Editorial, and Mosh Room from... Kodansha Press. Best Digital Comic, Harvey Kurtzman's Marley's Ghost by Harvey Kurtzman, Josh O'Neill, Shannon Wheeler, and Gideon Kendall. Comicsology Originals, Kitchen, Lind, and Associates. Best Web Comic, The Tea Dragon Society by Katie O'Neill at teadragonsociety.com or Oni Press. We had the Hall of Fame announcements. Judges' Choice were Carol Kalish and Jackie Orms. Voters' choice is Charles Adams, Karen Berger, Dave Gibbons, Rumiko Takahashi, the Bob Clampett Humanitarian Award, Frederick Joseph, Comics for Kids, Bill Finger, Excellence in Comic Book Writing Award. There's a, there's a typo here. It's not Joe Murchison Kelly. It is Joy Murchison Kelly, who is Professor Morrison's assistant who took over the book as he was ailing. And he, she and Elizabeth were going to take over the book afterwards. Dorothy Wolfock, who edited for D.C., Back in the 40s, Russ Manning promising newcomer award, Hamish Steele, writer artist of Pantheon and Pablo Tunica, artist of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Universe. And the Will Eisner Spirit of Comics Retail Award went to Norma Comics in Barcelona, Spain. All right. That, as they say, is that. Bob, thank you so much for doing that. No problem. I was reading these. I was reading the list to myself as you were going through it. And I was like, "Oh man, nope. I would have murdered so many of these <laughs> names." Actually, we should have. Me and you should have just went back and forth because it would have been hilarious. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, maybe <laughs> not to the winners. No, I, probably not to the winners. I mean, I think exactly, people... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, to everybody else listening to us, try probably would have been amusing. <laughs> Look, I have my areas of expertise. Foreign languages <laughs> is not not one of them. All right. <laughs> At least I have my pants on. All right. I do Let's not. See. I still have no pants on. I have pajama I, pants I did. On. I did, but now I don't. So there you go. There you go. Steve, you're you're just missing out here. You're you're missing solidarity. I look. It's I could take them off party. if you want. I can totally do that. <laughs> It's warm enough uh, down have, here. I, my, my air conditioner is off because otherwise it would sound like Twister in right, here. I'm so I'm dying. Off. So I took my pants off. Woo! Take them off. Where's right, Bronwyn? Does I'm... she have a dollars? <laughs> She's upstairs. She's chilling Put it on Twitter. Put it on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All right. There we go. It's boxer time. All right. So a bunch, of, a bunch of trailers came out at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year and uh i thought we'd just talk quickly about them about our impressions of them excitement levels so on and so forth we're not going to hit them all because there were a ton but we picked up some of the big ones and uh we'll go through them now so probably the biggest trailer of the con uh or at least we do that it was coming was for james wan's uh and jason momoa's aquaman from dc so that dropped, 
and it looks pretty epic. Uh, I love Atlantis. I love kind of like that world. And I, 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 I've read enough Aquaman over the years to, to kind of have an idea of what it would look like. And I got to say, like, James Wan, the effects team and all that stuff, that looks really cool. There's a moment in the trailer where little Arthur is at an aquarium mm-hmm. and he starts calling like he's he's getting pushed around and his emotions flare up. And so, you know, the fish are like, hey, like, that's our future king. Like, you can't do that. They start smashing on the glass and then, like, they're all lined up behind him. And I got chills. I was like, oh, man. He's going to uppercut somebody with a great white shark at some point in this movie. And I am just going to standing. Oh, like I am going to stand up in the theater and start yelling and clapping and freaking out. I want it so bad. Um, But like and then like he like he lands on this uh, like the submarine or something like that or a boat or whatever. And he rips open the hatch and he comes down and he does that like over the shoulder. (laughs) permission to come aboard i was like oh this is gonna be filled with that kind of shit like this is amazing (laughs) um i like jason momoa i like james wan i think it looks fun it looks fun visually it looks really cool and it it because it's in another world like we've been on top we've been on the surface for for pretty much all these dc movies we're finally going below and there are sharks are wearing armor. All right. There's like this giant alligator thing. I don't know what it is, but it looks awesome. It looks prehistoric. If you're telling me that they've got like mutated crocodiles and, and crap like that, like I'm so down for that. Um, let's move on. Uh, <laughs> does anybody else have any thoughts for Aquaman? I love Jason Momoa. He could blabble about nothingness for two hours and I would watch it. So I'm fine. I'm good. I'm in. <laughs> All right. How about you, Bob? That's how I, I, feel. I, I wrote down most of the things you did. Talked about the aquarium. Uh, epic is the word I would use. I thought seeing Black Manta was, was really great. Amber Heard mm-hmm. as Mera looks great. I, I'm, I've yet to embrace the Momoa. <laughs> so we, we got to see. Ah, I'm, I'm my a, man. I, uh, yeah, that's not just that's that's no Aquaman I know, so I have to disconnect myself, and that we're doing Point Break, yes, and I'll be okay, yes, because the movie does look like fun, but it just does not look like any Aquaman ever. No. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I agree with you, Bob. Like, I'm not going to disagree, but I can Permission just to like come I said. Aboard. He yeah. could do that for like three hours. I'd watch him do it. I don't care. Right, but it's just, it's as much Jason Statham as it is Jason Momoa. <laughs> did um did either of you see the side by side comparison of the Black Panther trailer set against the Aquaman trailer? No. They're like they're like almost beat for beat the exact same formula in terms of like reveal and progression of story. It's his it's it's hysterical bordering on criminal. Like it really is kind of a ripoff. But like that's a, that's the way that a lot of this stuff is framed. Yeah. There's an algorithm for this crap. There's. You know, there are people that sit around and think of these things and study these things and you know, like 
you when ads show up in your marketing phone, teams. like you went on Amazon and you searched for something and then you thought the better of it and you're like, nah, I don't need to spend the money. And then like two days later, uh, not even two days, two hours later, an ad pops up in your browser and it's like, hey, remember that beanbag chair you really wanted? Well, here it is again. Go on, spend the money. <laughs> It's Hi. scary. <laughs> Hi, my name's Jessica, and I'm yeah. a graphic designer for a marketing agency. And that's what I do. Yeah. I sit in a room. I'm that jerk. Okay. The same people. <laughs> same you people create do those that formula. Yeah. I yeah. am that jerk that sits there with a group of people in a room. And we do. We sit there in a room, and we're like, how could we get you to buy this? Yep. And the red background, it'll be better. <laughs> oh, there's, like, scientific, like like proven things that certain colors will make you want to eat. That's why McDonald's, I think I talked about this on Ladies Yeah, Valhalla. you talked about it on Ladies yeah. Valhalla. Yep. Yeah, it, like red, the color red will make you eat more. That's why McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, they all have red in there. Like, oh yeah, no, there's yep. science behind it. People are crazy. Um, my Way first Incan Pixel for Aladdin was um, the uh, the colors of the bazaar and the shapes that are used, like the spire shapes and stuff like that. Yep. That all sends um, like a message of calm to your head. Yep. And that's how that's how they got... Like it was one of the most highly viewed Disney films of all time because kids were able to sit in their seats and parents were actually able to bring their kids to a movie and mellow out. So they took them multiple times just to be able to go and do something and get a break. Yeah. And so and and so it was one of the highest viewed anyway. Um, yeah, colors are crazy. Yeah, um, crazy stuff. And there's someone like me sitting behind there going, how can I exploit this for you? No, I'm just kidding. We don't, we don't, it's not that maniacal. So, <laughs> Subliminal messaging. Um, you all know that we love uh, kaiju and titans and monsters and everything on this show. Uh, I am most interested to hear what Bob has to say, but a trailer for Godzilla, King of the Monsters from uh, Michael Doherty, who directed Trick or Treat which yeah. is one of my favorite Halloween uh, movies. Uh, and so that's coming out. Bob, what did you think of what they showed? Of all the trailers, of, uh, spoiler alert, of all the trailers we saw, this was my favorite. Yeah. I I, I really love the last one. The, uh, why am I drawing a blank Gareth on the Edwards. Film? Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. It was a very old fashioned sort of monster movie. When, it took a while to get to see the monsters, and then you saw tons of them. But it was let's build up mm -hmm. the, the the premise. Let let's get you involved. So buy the premise, buy the flick. And the old monster movies, yeah, giant ants are stupid. They couldn't walk around. They couldn't do anything. But if you make them a big enough threat off screen, when they finally show up, you're in. And that's what happened with Godzilla in that one. In this one, we're a little further along, so there are monsters. So let's just go for it. And glimpses of lots of them. The whole idea of an Earth in peril is very late 60s, destroy all monsters, kind of kind of Godzilla movie in its way. And they're the titans who have to be found to protect the Earth from an unnamed threat. We're not sure. It's a trailer. It could be any one of them, all of them, something different. I, what I want to recommend to people, I actually did a review for it on our site some while back, a, a retro review, but it's the 25th Toho Godzilla movie, which was called Godzilla... Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, which came out in 2001. It was actually a direct sequel to the 54 Godzilla. There, there are no Godzilla movies in between. They didn't count any of them. And in that picture, Godzilla is, I don't want to spoil why he's doing what he's doing. Godzilla's the monster, but it's Baragon, Ghidra, and Mothra are the guardian monsters of Japan 
who rise to protect the homeland against Godzilla. So I think there's some of that here. So what you have is a nice undercurrent of extra mythology and stuff going on, and you got giant cool monsters beating stuff up and stomping on cities. How can mm-hmm. you go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at with it. I think it looks awesome. Uh, Jess, what did you think? Yeah, uh, ditto. I mean, it just looks cool. I'm not like a huge like monster movie connoisseur, so I'm not going to like go crazy like Bob, but it does. It, just, <laughs> it looks cool. I will go watch that. I will pay money to see that. Like That's <laughs> that's what that trailer gave me. Like, yep, take my money. Take my money now. <laughs> just take it all. But yeah, no, I thought it was very good. Just throw it into Godzilla's yeah, mouth. Yeah, just please yeah. take it, Godzilla. Yeah. Eat it all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I am, um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm there. I'm so, I'm, I'm so ready for that. Actually, I remember, Steve, there was one night you were here at my house. We were going to go somewhere or do something, and you walked in while I was watching Godzilla Final Wars, where the Japanese Godzilla throws the American one through the Sydney Opera House. He basically beats him in 30 seconds. Yep. And then fries him into, into like little riblets. (laughs) <laughs> that was amazing. I remember you telling me about that and this this wave of disbelief. I was like, what are you talking about? And you you haven't seen that? I was like, no. And you put it on and I couldn't get over it for like days. It was so funny. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Um, so on. Godzilla, King of the Monsters, looks awesome. Our next trailer is for Shazam. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, directing David F. Sandberg, uh, Zachary Levi, Levy, whatever. He is going to be Shazam. And you have Mark Strong, who is going to be uh, Dr. Thaddeus Sivana. And this movie looks different than yeah. the other DC movies. Uh, I don't know entirely where they're going with it, but I will say... That I've I've probably watched this trailer more than any of the other ones, just because it looks light and kind of funny. Like I I thought some of the some of the dialogue, the, the kid at the beginning, when he's introducing himself to Billy, talking about the Game of Thrones house and everything like that, I thought that was really good. He's an important um, character, by the way. I'll tell you about him in a minute. Yeah, and um, like yeah, let's you know what, Bob? Why don't you why don't you take it away uh, first? Go ahead. Okay. Um. Here's the thing. I absolutely love the tone of it. And it is, it is different. And, and in that way, as Wonder Woman was very different from everything that came before, this breaks out of the, the general DC mold. And that's that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the character you're talking about, Freddie Freeman, yep. in, the, in the books, he would become Captain Marvel Jr., Oh, uh, he's in a bad spot and Billy shares his power with him. And Freddy's secret word is Captain Marvel. And it turns him into Captain Marvel Jr., who for years and years was drawn by a fellow named Mac Raboy, who was just one of the most gorgeous renderings of a superhero. And he just flew in just this grace. And my understanding, we're going to get really weird here. Elvis Presley was a big fan of Captain Marvel Jr., (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and actually, w- one of the reasons he wore that little half cape on his jumpsuits was as, as an homage to Captain Marvel Jr. So, so when Alex Ross was drawing Captain Marvel Jr. for various things like uh, Kingdom Come, he drew him to look like young Elvis. 
Wow. A- anyway, in, in the trailer, Freddy's a superhero fan. You get callbacks to the other movies. He's got a batarang. There's some newspaper clippings and so on and so forth. We do have the subway tunnel where, if, if folks remember our radio play from all those years ago, where was I the wizard Shazam? Yeah, you are. Okay. So I'm the old guy. Of course I was the wizard Shazam. I was, and I was Billy. Yeah. <laughs> and Shazam, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, again, I, the only thing for me is here, they have chosen out of the 70 odd years of history of Captain Marvel to go with the new 52 version of it, where. Captain Marvel is just 14-year-old Billy in a grown-up body acting like a 14-year-old. Where for most of the run, if they weren't separate people, they were... Captain Marvel was at least a separate personality, or he was Billy grown-up, but sort of clueless because he's fully formed as an adult. And so had to negotiate society slightly differently until he figured things out. He wasn't a little kid with super. He wasn't big with superpowers. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where it's going to go. I will be there day one to see it. But I'm a bit off put by, you know, wrecking a convenience store. And sorry, I broke your window, but he was a supervillain. Kind of thing. We'll see. What do you think, Jess? Now that I've crapped on it. I, I, I don't think you crapped on it too much. You didn't crap on it too okay. much. I mean, you said it looks interesting, right? Is that what yeah. you started with? Yes, I did. I love the tone of it. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Uh, same thing. I, I, I am not that deep into Shazam like you are, so I I think I have a little bit, uh, of, uh, a little more leeway with what's going on in the story, probably. Um, yeah, it looked fun. Uh, it looked like a fun, it, it was a very different tone. Like, you're, I was like, this is a DC movie? We're watching this from DC. This is happening. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm kind of interested to see where that's going to go. I want to see how that's going to, you know, how that's going to play out for him. I'm interested. Hopefully it's good. (laughs) Was it the the, the Kendrick Lamar that came in that kind of threw you off? You're like, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) All right. Sure thing. Yeah, you know. I I mean if if this is what they're gonna do and they're gonna they're gonna have him be the fourteen year old trapped in the superhero's body, uh, I think that could that could be made for a lot of comedy. But they keep on comparing it to Big, mm-hmm. um, and there there are definitely pangs of that. But like, I have to laugh when Zachary Levi is like in the suit and he's flossing. He's doing like the flossing dance. <laughs> like he's totally. It's a movie being made now, so the the person becoming uh, Shazam is a friggin' Fortnite kid. Yeah. So I... that was amusing, and I I hope it has other little stuff like that though too. You know, like it's it's funny. I'm with. <laughs> I think it looks really funny. I like Mark Strong a lot. I really liked him in the uh, the Kingsman things and a few of uh, other movies that he's in. So I'm interested in seeing him play a villain. Thank you very much. Hey. <laughs> Whiskey service. Come here. Oh. Can I put? Can I put an order in? Hello, everyone. Good evening. Uh, I'll, I'll take. A, I'll take a double if you're delivering. I'll take a triple. <laughs> <laughs> They're hooting and hollering your name. As well they should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got me a fresh drink, so I should go get one then. No. <laughs> uh, well, Jess and I can talk for a minute if, uh, no, if you want to escape. That's... Yeah, go get a drink, Bob. Because <laughs> yeah. I've, you know, I can I'm, hear. I'm feeling I just great. Can't... 
<laughs> go for it. Go for it. Jess, Jess and I are going to have some real talk Uh-oh. about uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong. Shyamalama Long Long. That's what I like to call Otis, 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 my man. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan, I think, is uh, the Don't. proper pronunciation. I write yeah. his name enough, you'd think that I would know. Um, so, I just say M. Night Shyamalan. Here's the thing. <laughs> I... Um, I really like Unbreakable. I like Unbreakable a lot. Uh, from what I remember, I haven't seen it in a really long time, but of uh, his early work, including The Sixth Sense, which I do also enjoy, uh, Unbreakable was kind of my jam. I thought it was kind of neat uh, to have this cool, grounded superhero movie. You weren't necessarily expecting it to be one. And so then they came out with Split and didn't really enjoy all aspects of that movie. And now we have something coming out, Glass, that is bringing the the trilogy uh, together. And it's kind of still blowing my mind that M. Night Shyamalan managed to make a comic book trilogy underneath everybody's nose. When when he said that he was going to make this thing, eventually nobody believed him. They were like, okay, okay. And then Split came out, and at the very end, spoilers, you find out that it's connected... And for all that I didn't really like that movie too much, I thought it was really cool how they how they brought it into that world. And I was like, whoa! Like for people that went to go and see that, and they managed to keep that away from the press so that when that movie came out and people first went to the theater and that was dropped on them, like I give them credit just for keeping it under wraps. Like that's a hard thing to do these days. And it was a pretty cool reveal. So have you, Jess, are you a fan of these movies? I am. And I actually have like the same exact perspective on these as you. <laughs> so I find we have that a lot though. I, I, I really love Unbreakable. Okay. When We're I watched same, it the first. you and I. My villain monologue. Go ahead. Um, no, I, you know, when I first watched Unbreakable, I was like, you kind of get that. You're like, oh, this is a superhero. Oh, oh, like, you know, you're like, what's happening? And then I, I really loved it. I also haven't watched it maybe like couple years and well no i watched it before we watched that and split together maybe like right after it came out on dvd um what's not that old splits like what a year or two yeah that's what i mean so maybe i watched it like two years ago when it came you know what i mean so when split came out on dvd we watched them like back to back you know we were like ah let's let's do a little movie night and i don't i don't hate split because i really like uh james mcavoy in it i really like him that's what i like about it he is fantastic. It's everything else, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like the girls yeah. were like, blah. Like, there's, it's, a lot, it's, huh. there's a lot of blah going on, you know? But he himself was phenomenal, okay? Like, I thought he was great, and I love him in it, and I loved how he portrayed all the different, you know, personalities, and mm-hmm. I thought he was really believable as those different personalities. I really yeah. liked him. So I'm excited to kind of see him with these other characters that I really enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm, yeah. I'm excited for that. So I, I am, I thought the, the trailer looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and Dan watched it together like four times. So we sat there and we were like, this is happening. Cause, cause Danny also, my husband really likes those movies as well. Um, he mm-hmm. feels the same way about split. So we're all on the same page. <laughs> funny. Bronwyn, Bronwyn doesn't, doesn't, she didn't like split either. Yeah. And um, she hasn't seen unbreakable. 
So oh, she's she's totally just like I don't care, and I'm just like even though it's kind of no, good. You to, she hasn't. I'm gonna make her. I'm gonna yell at her and in, in our cheerleader. No, no, chat. no, no. She's no, interested no. in seeing Unbreakable. <laughs> we will totally watch it. I, I'm gonna be like, you need to watch this now. I'll just you know just slide it in there in our cheerleader chat. We have a. You know. <laughs> um, Bob, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I didn't see Split. I've sort of given up with Mr. Shyamalan's films after. Which one was it? The Happening? Oh, yeah, the one yeah, that, that was one. about uh, Aaron. That one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah. I, I, I kept trying and to no. Wind, man. Really loved The Sixth Sense, wanted to love Unbreakable and liked it mm-hmm. as a thinking dramatically and then hearing what had happened. Uh, that's That entire movie was actually the first act of a script fleshed out to be an entire movie. So my problems with the pacing of that all stem from the fact that, well, okay, while Bruce Willis discovers his super strength, he lifts cans of Clorox or whatever he's lifting in his basement, and they increase the weight one pound at a time for a half an hour. It takes a long time. It takes a long time. I remember that. Yeah. There's a a whole training montage that takes a whole act of the movie. Oh no! Yeah, we're yeah. like figuring it out. Oh, yeah, no. I, okay. I'm gonna go. Oh great, this could be in my head when I go. Yeah, back. now I'm gonna oh, watch it, and I'm not gonna watch it the same again. Thanks, Bob. Is it all gonna fall apart? No, I'm still gonna like it because it it is still a brilliantly acted and performed piece, mm-hmm. and it is all look Bruce Willis. Yeah, movie star, and he's Bruce Willis and all that kind of jazz. He really is a very good actor, and it's it's in that face. Where the, 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 you can see the weight of years and emotions in that, and that's what makes it work. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it since it came out on home video twenty years ago, whatever it was. Right. So maybe I should revisit it. What about Split? Should I or should not? Okay. I I think okay. As a, <laughs> no. As like a, yes. No. 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 As a as a showcase of James McAvoy and what he can do in playing multiple roles. Right, because in the trailer, he looks amazing. Right. He is worth watching the movie for, but just like Jess said, like he's the only thing to watch the movie for because so much else does not resonate and it just falls apart, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. where it's, it's a very unsatisfying conclusion uh i thought and you just here's a person who escapes a bad situation and like after all of this stuff just kind of goes back to it oh and i was like what there's a lot of that so could now here's the thing if unbreakable is the first act of a three-act movie that got turned into a movie is split the second act Yes. Stretched out beyond its straining point. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm just saying. I don't know. I like to say that's, series. Bob, I, think I would love that's, you to watch it and hear your opinion. I would. Okay. I would. I would. Will it be yeah. two hours? I'll never get back. 
No, I think I James. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think James McAvoy's okay. like performance in it is is it it's like honestly he's very good. Like okay. I'm like wow. Mm-hmm. I'm like you know he's kind of like you watch him and you're like, God, like you know I really feel bad that shot. the rest of everybody else kind of sucks. <laughs> that's kind of the way I felt about it, you know, because he was very good. So that's why I'm kind of excited for this movie because I can't wait to see you know kind of the three of them in mm-hmm. one you know i'm like that's what's kind of making me really and that's up. and i think that's what a lot of other people are excited about yeah. too and i am i am as well like even not being totally warm on split like i'm i'm all in for this like i definitely want to see it um so anyway little gotta see the end gotta see how it comes out yeah yeah okay definitely. i'm writing it down i'll get it from the library i'm sure they. i know. mean they, he's been talking about this movie forever 20 years I, yeah yeah <laughs> And yeah, I got, I got her. Forever. <laughs> forever. 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 <laughs> the beast. All right. So, I think it's time that we go back to comics. Oh, we're not going to talk about Titans. Oh, sh- I, I actually didn't write that in the list, so I totally forgot about it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, let's talk about Titans for a moment. So Titans... It's the the flip side of Shazam, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Um, DC Universe is a streaming service uh, brought to you by the fine people of Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment. It is going to have original content on it, including animated shows and other series. Uh, Access to comic books, which is a pretty neat part of the, the service. Uh, as well as an archive of other animated shows and uh, live action shows, including some Superman stuff, the movies, a Christopher Reeve collection, Lois and Clark. And um, so they're doing a, a Swamp Thing live action, which I'm actually really interested to f- see what they do with that. Uh, there's an animated Harlequin uh, series coming out. They're doing Stargirl, they announced, uh, which is pretty neat. And, um, and there's this. And there's and there there's uh, Doom Patrol. They're doing Doom Patrol as well, which I'm really excited about. They've been casting uh, that for a little while. Um, and then Titans. Titans kind of been like the thing, right? Like this is what they're leading with. This is what's going to debut on the service when it goes live, only in the United States for right now. So it would be subject I to tariffs, I guess. Don't really know how you build a service in this day and age. Anyway, it takes time to roll things out. I get it. Um, but. So this Titans uh, trailer comes out and people were very divided on it uh, just because there's a lot going on. And I I feel like a lot of the stuff was kind of overshadowed by these two words said by Robin where he's taking care of some thugs and, you know, he comes down, he swoops in, he's doing his thing. There's the Batman or whatever. And fuck Batman. And he steps on a guy's face. Yeah. And snaps his neck beneath his boot. Yeah. Fuck Batman. Are what? Is it, are, are, are these are the Teen Titans, right? I'm just thinking. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. Maybe. I guess loosely so. based on. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, hideous misstep, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. These are characters that could bring new viewers, new readers, eventually, to a series of wonderful books, 
for most of the history, we have we've had some missteps in, in the books lately too, and that's that's where you go with that. It's I mean, what what effing, what effing BS is that? It's such a stupid thing. Like, think about this for just a minute, okay? They're sitting around the table, right? And they're coming up with this thing. They're editing this together and be like, you know, so, you know, how are we going to separate this? We need to know that we need people to know this is like going to bring them all new content. Like, I know. Put the part in where Robin says, fuck Batman. Like, yeah. And still like having Robin, I don't know, smile would be. I don't know. I don't know if if they're, they're trying to be edgy. They're trying to set uh like a, a certain tone well obviously but like i just don't know what goes on in people's heads sometimes when they're coming up with this stuff uh, think of how re- i know you haven't watched much of it but think of how refreshing supergirl is as oh, compared to least, uh, arrow right or what flash is like where the television shows are all a little different from each other yeah and each one manages to be in its own world one way or the other and 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 you've got this which is operating somewhere north on the profanity violent scale of suicide squad and it's the teen titans yeah i will say this though and i was talking a little bit about this earlier about checking all of this stuff out as much as i'm kind of scratching my head i'm not repulsed by the entire thing i think some of the raven stuff looks pretty cool uh starfire i think looks great as opposed to what a whole bunch of other stupid people are saying um, but think of uh, what they might have Starfire be doing in this if they've got Robin saying F Batman. Well, that's that's my concern. Yeah. And that that's that's the part where I'm like guarded walking into this as opposed to looking to, you know, find a way to fork over my money to subscribe to this thing to check out all this new stuff. Like when you lead with this, I just like working on the internet and stuff like that, I question a lot of this stuff now. Like I question the the strategy of this and I can't help but think sometimes that studios do this because they know that saying something like fuck Batman in the trailer is going to get clicks it's going to get people talking but they don't care if they're talking like what kind of talk is being said about it just so long as it's on the radar for however many hours that they can keep it there Steve I'm going to throw a a quote from Oscar Wilde at you for for the evening Sure. The, the only thing worse than being talked about is not being talked about yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I was just gonna say. Like, what you is know, it? Like, what is it saying? All, all news is good news. Like, yeah, yeah. even if it's negative. I don't know. Like, like the, the, you oh, know, Josh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I feel like it's just like being edgy for the sake of being edgy. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of all it is. That's what I just like. Kind of looked at it. I'm like, really? Like, you know, like I, I don't know. Think about it. Yeah, I'm like, not. the first, the first two conversations out of this thing being dropped were "fuck Batman," and then crowing from racist assholes about Starfire's casting. Those were like the lead, yeah. those, uh-huh. those, those, those are the jumping on points to have a, a discussion or show any kind of enthusiasm for this thing. And, uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a sick, sad world <laughs> we're living in. Think, yeah. think of it this way. To, to me, you looked at for my, all my kvetching about Shazam. Mm-hmm. A Teen Titans with that tone with the young heroes, as opposed to their adult mentors, the darkness of Batman and so on, would be mm-hmm. charming and fun. Yeah. Agreed. He didn't want to let me drive the Batmobile. Fuck Batman. <laughs> 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 All right. It would have even been better. I'm sorry. 
example. Yeah, I know, right? You know, like, uh, Beast yeah. Boy asked him, like, dude, why did you say fuck Batman before? But he wouldn't let me drive the Batmobile the other day. I don't know, well, dude. You're kind of ripping off his thing. You're even talking like him. Like him, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> All right. Let's move on oh, to greener pastures and talk about some comic books. <laughs> See, I was going to bypass gone? the whole Titans thing. No, I had to go And then you there. guys brought it up. No, it's me. Blame me, but that was that we made me very angry. <laughs> we were all angry. Okay, let's be honest. We're all angry. And you nah, would like me when I'm angry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. I'm gonna give it a shot. Or I love, Norton, I love this like stuff. Go ahead. Marvel announces Spider Girls by Jody Hauser and Andre. Je- oh God, here we go. <laughs> Genolet. Forget it. That's right. Genolet. Yeah. <laughs> you can. Spider Force by Christopher Priest and Paolo. Here we go. You're on your own. Forget about one. it. Forget about it. <laughs> you tried. I'm so Sequira. sorry. I'm not this looking at you. That's why I don't do this. I'm the worst. I'm the worst. Hate me. Um, so, wow. So we have Spider Girls, which uh, looks to be, do they mention Mayday Parker is Well, back. there you go. There you go. There <laughs> you go. I'm on board. Anya uh, Corazon mm-hmm. and Spiderling. What, who is that? Spiderling is from the Renew Your Vows. She's the other universe, other universes, daughter of May and of, of uh, Mary Jane and Peter. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah. I am not familiar. Um, Spider Force, Christopher Priest. Not reading that name again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Starring Kane, Jessica Drew. Jessica Drew is written here twice. I don't know why. Uh, Ashley Barton. Yep. Uh, Ashley Barton and uh, characters Astro Spider and Spider Kid. Don't know on those. All way, right. Way past my pay grade on that. You had me on doubling up on the Jessica Drew, which I assume is a typo, <laughs> but uh, you got my attention with that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll 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 see. We'll see. I checked out. Um, Nick Spencer is the Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, was it last week? And I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna wait a little while uh, to check in with with Spider-Man again. I got plenty of Dan Slott stuff to read. Um, what else do we got? We got Ghost Spider, which Bronwyn is extraordinarily psyched for because uh, Seanan McGuire, one of her favorite novelists and comic book writer, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, is coming out with the Spider-Gwen uh, Ghost Spider series. They're relaunching with the number mm-hmm. one uh, with art by Roll... Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Roll Dog. Camp. Roll Dog. Camp. Roll Camp. There you go. Yeah. Rossi? Rossi. I can't, I'm, it's, it's, it's a picture of a screen and not my computer <laughs> screen, like an actual screen, screen from San Diego Comic-Con. It's very hard to read. It is. We'll give him that. We'll give Covers him. by Ben Gall. Super excited right. about this. So yeah, a lot of spider books are coming out. Yeah, but I collect all Spider Gwen. I collect everything Spider Gwen. My my niece's name Gwen, and she has a collection to die for already. Number ones, first appearances, everything. <laughs> Kid is lucky. She won't care about it, but I do. <laughs> she will eventually. Did maybe, get, maybe. Did she get one of these Spider Gwen dolls that your customer was of crocheting? Oh, of yeah. course. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're kidding me? Oh, that kid has everything. Signed things. I'm telling you, like, CGZ number ones. Like, I have gotten her everything. Everything under the sun. She's going to break your heart one day. 
Oh, she I hope... has to pay her cell phone bill and she's honestly, got a hawk. No, <laughs> what I honestly, what I am saving it for is for when she has to go to college and she sells it off her books. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping she mm-hmm. uses it to go to college. That's my that's my crossed fingers. You know, hey. that would be the best thing that she. No, could you know what she should do, Jess? She should use that and go to the Kubert School to be a comic book artist. Mm. Maybe she. Oh, of, uh... She's go a cool ahead, kid. Ahead. She's a cool kid. I mean, we watch. You know, like she comes in and we're watching. Very cool stuff. I'd rather watch television with her than most people. So, Ooh. you know, she. <laughs> we watched The Nightmare Before Christmas and How to Train Your Dragons yesterday. Like, I'm good. That's a great <laughs> like, double feature. You know, like... <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. Hopefully one day all the Spider Gwen stuff. She'll still. I was I was loving Spider Gwen until we got into uh, Venom. Yeah. Oh gee, really? Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I was enjoying it too. I was reading it all. Now yeah. I just. Yeah. I I'll wait. Oh wait! Oh, maybe these comebacks. Yeah. We got we have Mayday Parker, the original Spider Girl. I'm very happy. I think I'm I'm definitely gonna be checking out uh, Spider Gwen because Bronwyn is she's on me about purchasing that. So we will definitely Jess and I will check it out. And we will we will let you know we'll about. Yeah, we'll let you know. Okay. Okay. Um. So Bob, do you want to introduce this next one? Sure. We got an announcement from the con. And Bleeding Cool, they thought they had this whole thing sewed up like months ago. And this was case, they may have actually been right. But starting, we're not sure exactly when yet, but Kelly Sue DeConnick will be taking over Aquaman with art by Robson Roca. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. art-wise art looks amazing. We know certainly Kelly Sue's penchant for reviving underutilized underwhelming characters who are actually better than their station so to speak and online she actually posted this little bit that was from her pitch to dc for the character because she pitched them on this i tend to think of my books in terms of music pretty deadly is ennio morricone from the seer jillian spaghetti westerns Bitch Planet is Stax Records, Sam and Dave, Hold On, I'm Coming, Otis Redding, that sort of stuff. Captain Marvel was Tom Petty. Avengers really? A- yeah. Avengers yeah, Assemble. Yeah. Avengers Assemble was ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aquaman is Zeppelin. Yes. Whoa. Powerful, dangerous, sexy, and a little bit trippy. Oh, I'm in. Ooh, yeah. Give me the chills. Right. Give right. yeah. me a little. Woo. <laughs> Sold. That's a nice, that's the point where you just, you send her a blank check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? Please go ahead. That's an awesome pitch. That is a great pitch. That's probably the best that's pitch I've ever it. heard for a comic. <laughs> and I'm glad she got it for that. I really am because that is amazing. That's so cool. <laughs> I still have like the chills. I'm like shaking. Woo. And my understanding, it's going to be about forgotten sea gods so i i'm right yeah. in my head i'm going right away it's all lovecraftian it's weird it's horror games of thrones all sorts of crazy stuff could be going on here so hmm. should be a lot of fun i haven't read a lot of aquaman in my time i did back in the day when ramona Fraden was drawing it who was the only female artist at dc back in the 60s checked in here and there with peter david certainly did some of the uh Stepan Chayich stuff recently, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding is that you don't really need to have read anything but have the general idea and you'll be brought up to speed. If you know who Aquaman is, you'll be good to go. 
The other right. stuff might help, but it's not necessary. So that's pretty good too. Sweet. Looking forward to that. That'll probably be uh, be before the end of the year, I would imagine. Um, hard to say. The, the solicits for DC's October just came out, and we're still. I think it's Dan Abnett still doing it. Okay. But but everything is look. Everything's fluid in comics, so we don't know exactly when yet. We may get a chance to ask soon, though. Hmm. Hmm. Whatever could that mean? Hmm. All right. <laughs> oh, God. Help. We need it. <laughs> Friend of the podcast. They got the good spots. Wait a minute. Does Whitley have any announcements from San Diego Comic Con? No. Was he already announced it? Whitley! All right. Um, they, they did put some artwork out for the yes. new Wasp, and it looked yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice little preview. Yeah. Of that, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited!" <laughs> so, uh, other friend of the podcast, David Pepos of Spencer and Lockfield. Yes, Grand Theft Astro is yes. coming out. Hakeem Herrickson is the fastest star chaser in the galaxy, but is he swift enough to outrace the future? Find out in Grand Theft Astro. A high-octane sci-fi crime comic coming soon from oh. the writer, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I, this is awesome. This is this is so cool. I'm so glad. Um, one second. Jordy Perez. Yeah. He is, as well. Spencer Locke was so great at mixing genres together into something new. And mm-hmm. this sounds that same sort of, I never would have thought of that. And there it is. Yep. Uh, got a little caught up in the voice, but uh, Jordy Perez. On, yeah. on art, my apologies. Really psyched for the both of them. This from the preview art. This looks super cool. Yep. And it's really, it's really cool to see David coming out with both Volume Two of Spencer and Locke yeah. launching that soon. Uh, with his take on uh, Beetle Bailey, and then uh, this as well. So. Good, good people landing good books, and uh, so that's very, very exciting. We're very happy for David. That's awesome. I'm loving their um, tweets. Have you seen some of the tweets for it? Yeah, like they're just good. Whoever's writing them, like congratulations. Like your tweets are wonderful. <laughs> congratulations yeah. on those tweets. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, another friend of the podcast, and hopefully a guest on the show soon as well. Anthony Del Cole is uh, to write Luke Cage, a Luke Cage miniseries. With uh, Janoy Lindsay on art for Marvel. So that's pretty cool. Always um, love Luke Cage. The synopsis sounds really interesting about a, I don't want to spoil too much for people, there's something striking down all the high muckamucks of New York mm-hmm. while Luke is dealing with his own situations. Luke dealing with ground level stuff and how it affects people is always where he's at the best so this sounds really interesting i'm uh, i i'd buy luke cage in nearly anything but this sounds really special yeah um uh, he did those... son of hitler right yeah he did son yeah. of hitler and he did uh nancy drew i think I believe the big lie uh was that volume yeah um and it's just a super super cool guy i'm excited for this i'm, I'm definitely gonna check it out when it hits the sands uh jess are you gonna Yep. Maybe give it a look. Yep. 
Sweet. Of course, I'll pick it up. Money, money, money. <laughs> Take all, all right. of my money. Take all of um, it. So kind of a big announcement out of the show. Chelsea Kane of Mockingbird fame huh? is making her return to comics by writing a Vision, The Vision, six-issue miniseries with her husband, Mark Mohan. So, and then drawn by Odd Koch, colored by Jordi Belair, and lettered by Clayton Cowell. So this is an all-star team. Yeah. But I'm only buying it if they're a mare corgis. That's that's my. <laughs> that's it. I'm with you, Bob. I'm with you. Mare <laughs> corgis. For those who remember Mockingbird, you have to have the island of the mare corgis. Corgis. Oh. Oh man. I'm with you, Bob. I'm on that. So uh, it's very exciting to hear that uh, Ms. Kane is absolutely coming back to, to do another run. Uh, the Vision is Tom King's The Vision was one of my favorite books of the past couple years or favorite uh, collected miniseries or whatever. Limited series, I should say. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm super psyched for this. I'm really glad to, to hear that we're going to get some more stuff uh, from her because I really, really love Knockingbird. Uh, just your thoughts. Um, I really loved the vision. Actually, this is one of me and Dan's biggest arguments. He hated that. He did not like Tom King's vision. What? Yep. One Divorce. of the, he, I, well, <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. I mean, this is like one of our large arguments is what we argue over. <laughs> Please tell me that you made him sleep on the couch. Like, I just still can't believe it. I can't. He's going to listen to this and he's going to be like, he's going to call me and yell at me because he's going to this tomorrow and he's Dan. not here and he's going to be like, I listen i just have problems with it like he has his own like qualms and whatever he didn't like it whatever but <laughs> next time we meet my friend <laughs> so maybe he'll like this version i don't know maybe i'll make him read this no well. <laughs> doesn't matter he's off the list he's off the <laughs> cut i know i know dead to me i was like i got it and i was like dan you have to read this i love this and he was just like yeah, i don't like it i'm like what <laughs> he's like i really don't like it i'm like why <laughs> yeah and he has his reasons. no he has his reasons he can explain those to you one day. Uh, I'm not going. I to. look forward to it, Dan. He's going to kill me. <laughs> Justify your own opinion to me. <laughs> We're going to make him come on. I'm going to make him come on yeah, the podcast that and, and explain why he doesn't like vision. Yeah. <laughs> How stupid that sounds. Everybody fighting over everybody's opinion. But You're yes. allowed to have your own. No, he's not. <laughs> he well, in, in this like, case, no. no Dan, Dan, he's now the exception. <laughs> He's done. Dan. He's Dan. done. I think we should just shut this down now. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go weep. Um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So maybe he'll like this one. I'm excited for it. Yeah, Mer- you know, Maricorgis. Yeah, Maricorgis. I I want them to at least cameo. Yeah, I'm with you, Bob. Shuri is happiest in a lab, surrounded by gadgets of her own creation. She'd rather be testing gauntlets than throwing them. But a nation without a leader is a vulnerable one, and Shuri may have to choose between Wakanda's welfare and her own. Shuri is getting her own book, number one, written by Nedi Okafor, uh, with art by Leonardo Romero. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Some Hawkeye for you right there. This looks awesome. Mm-hmm. There's some preview pages on this post and everything. I love that character. These look like fine people that are putting this together. I will read this. Me too. Did Absolutely. Too. All right. Uh, 
There you go. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea when it's coming out, but when it does, I'm there. Uh, let's... I'm still waiting for Blade's daughter from like five years ago, so you have to watch it. <laughs> They're just going to turn it into a movie or a TV series. Joss Whedon's going to do it. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I don't know, man. He's He's throwing a lot of things at the walls these days. All right. Let's see. Say nothing. I say nothing. Did you see the nonsense that some people are saying that they're looking for Kristen Stewart to play Barbara Gordon Stop in the it, background? Right. No, 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 time out. They are looking for the a prototype, new, the, the new Kristen Stewart. Oh, because that's that's better. Right. No. All right. All right. We don't she was really good in the runaways. She was great in uh, American Ultra as well. I don't particularly have anything against her. I just don't think that that's the direction that I want for a Batgirl. Me neither. I'm with you. I'm more Emma Stone as Batgirl. Mm, but who knows? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, haven't seen it yet. Can't judge. The Marvel Knights imprint will return for a special 20th anniversary event this fall. Kind of quote unquote show running this gig is Donny Cates of Venom and Death of the Inhumans, among many other, many other things talked about on this yeah. show. Um, so he's getting a bunch of friends together and they're relaunching Marvel Knights and they're bringing their a hardcore Marvel back for a little bit of a run. Um, I haven't really looked at the creative teams. Let's see. Kate's will be joined on the project by the writing team. Uh, Teeny Howard, Assassinistas, uh, Vita Ayala from Supergirl and Matthew Rosenberg, multiple man. Oh, I know him. That's cool. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't artists for the project also, uh, have not been announced. Marvel did reveal this amazing promotional art, but okay, well, you guys can't see that. So there's no yeah. point. Um, Bob, I don't, I've never read yeah. a Marvel Knights anything ever. So go ahead. Sure you did. Didn't I make you read the Fantastic Four one there? Roberto Guayas Acosta did. You that was a Marvel make Knights me book. Read it. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what I mean. I don't know that I did. Maybe oh. I did. If I did, it was a long time ago. That was during yeah. my, my Fantastic Four uh, salad days. Yeah. I was just gorging on everything. Uh, it, it Marvel Knights was meant to be, I don't want to say an answer to the whole image idea, but take the Marvel characters who would fit well, so mostly the street-level characters, and do something gritty, edgier, more grounded in reality. And you had great people doing it. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis, uh, Jimmy Palmiotti back in the day. So, Yeah. Since we have sort of moved past that in some level, looking backwards at those things that were successful, not a bad idea. All right. Don't don't want to go there entirely, you know, punish your shooting people and death mm-hmm. and blood and stuff. But, you know, fun stuff can still be had. And it looks like a good lineup of folks. Yeah. As like a as like an anniversary event. Absolutely. Kind of thing. Yep. It's uh, it's pretty neat. Uh, yeah, we're Jess, not going have... back to Lady Death or whatever. Right. Do you have any experience, Jess, with uh, Marvel Knights? Nope, not at all. Well then, 
<laughs> none whatsoever. But uh, I probably him. will now because this kind of looks cool. So, I, you know, I'll probably dig. Donnie I'll do a little Cates. digging. Yeah, I'm really into Donny Cates. So, you know, I'll too. check it out. I'm super into him. So well, like I'll probably pick it up. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that I have not read, uh, although I did read uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, A Study in Emerald with Raphael Albuquerque. I read that uh, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm which is awesome. Uh, I think I mentioned it for like a hot second on the show. It's a yes. uh, Sherlock Holmes story. Very good. Anyway, uh, work on Neil Gaiman's Miracle Man is resuming in 2019. Uh, I guess so. This, this is a continuation of the series that was coming out not too long ago. Because I totally I remember the logo. <laughs> I remember yeah. it coming out and I remember it getting decent. Like I remember talking about it in the store. I don't remember if I read any of it. Oh God. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. I'm like, I don't remember anything, but I remember talking about it with people. I remember it coming out. So, okay. The publisher has released remastered editions of the, no, no that's not it. Um, but, 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 okay. Marvel comics has informed <laughs> direct market retailers that work has resumed on the new miracle man stories by Neil, by Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham that were previously announced or, uh, I guess, geez, man, typos, uh, yeah. as a 2017 release. Uh, people are trying to get these things out quick, though. I totally understand. Yeah, they're trying to do it as yeah. fast as possible. Uh, revealed as a retailers only uh, at a retailers-only event at Comic-Con International San Diego, the publisher said that the final legal hurdles have been cleared to move forward with publication in 2019. So and there, those... are, Go ahead. there are lots of hurdles. There have been over the years. This is convoluted, and we could do probably an entire show just on the legal ramifications of this. You, which was, you could do an entire show. Yeah. Well, this was sort of Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. But when Fawcett dropped out of the publishing game after being sued by DC all those years ago and stopped and then rescinded the rights, there were still books coming out. It was then Marvel Man. And they just used old Captain Marvel pages, re-lettered and re-co- re- recolored. And now his secret word was was atomic backwards, so it was Komoda. <laughs> and then it became his own character for years and years and years. And lots of great people, Alan Moore and Neil Gaiman among them, worked on this book. Marvel got the rights. Image had the rights. Who didn't have the rights at this point? Mm-hmm. And so everybody sued everybody, and now we're finally to the point, it seems like, we're moving forward. So that's good. Onward and upward. Onward and upward. All right. Uh, Jess, thoughts on Miracle Man? Um, I really don't have many. Um, I remember, like I said, I remember it coming out in the store. I remember talking about it. I don't remember if I... I feel like I read some of it when it was coming out, but I don't I don't really remember, and that's never really great. <laughs> You Do you know how Miracle Man greets people? No, then I don't. I don't he goes, oh, "Hello." <laughs> I'm like, no, I have no idea. Just love, like love, that. Love. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it back. Uh, let's see. Next on the list, by the way, I want to thank uh, our listeners and uh, followers on Twitter because I did not really have. Um, I was very entrenched in the the movie side of comic-con that i didn't get to see a lot of the comic related announcements and stuff and so many people responded to the tweet and and told us like what they were looking forward to and all their stuff and everything and it really helped put this list together so tip of my hat to you all 
Uh, you helped out a great deal. So you have my thanks. Okay. Uh, a new Batman. A couple of Batman projects have been announced. I don't know that we'll announce them all at the same time. But uh, the Batman Who Laughs returns in November. Um, okay, let's see. A recent Dark Knight's metal crossover introduced a fearsome... This is from IGN, by the way. A uh, fearsome yeah. new villain in the form of the Batman Who Laughs. A twisted version of Batman who becomes the Joker. Uh, not that um, now that villain will be returning to a spotlight. Uh, will be returning to the spotlight in the form of a new miniseries from writer Scott Snyder and artist Jacques. That's a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, the preview image for this, I do recognize this character um, from when I read the the first three issues of Metal. Um, he is pretty cool looking, and he reminds me. Of those old like Todd McFarlane figures, like the Spawn figures, and the the movie one. Anyway, um, the Hellraiser stuff in particular. But um, a little bit of Silent Hill going on. I think. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. some Silent Hill, yeah, 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 yeah. some some weird stuff Bob going on. A Silent Hill reference. Yeah, I like that, huh? I did like that. Uh. <laughs> so um, yeah, I you know, sure horror oriented series that again pits Batman against his twisted mirror image. I kind of wish that I liked metal a little bit more, but I didn't get to finish it. So who knows? Um, I don't think Scott Snyder finished it either. So don't worry. (laughs) I'm sorry. That's all. This might, this might get me to collect the rest and, and finish that out. Um, I honestly thought that it was only three issues and I, I got the three, because I guess Comixology wasn't listing them all in the same place for whatever reason, and I didn't know that there were, like, three more. Um, it was all right. But anyway, this looks cool. Uh, there's Batman with a bunch of guns. Is that what I'm looking at here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that does look like Batman with a bunch of guns. All right. Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, let's, you know, let's see. Let's see. Look, well, I love Shock. Here, I'm sorry, I love. This stuff. is my my thing is that I just read Batman White Knight from Sean Gordon Murphy. That is one of my favorite Batman things that I've read in a long time. It just as far as it being original and different and stuff like that, I I will have to read before I before I judge. I I definitely if they're going with like a creepy ass horror vibe. Scott Snyder has a very, very good voice yes. uh, for horror. Yeah. Did you did you ever read Witches? I've read most of Witches. I don't think that I finished it. Yeah. Though. Well, I don't think they finished it either. So that's <laughs> I'm not <laughs> joking. No, it was supposed to come back and it never did. It just never did. But like the first and it was so good. It was the two of them on that. And like, uh, you know, so I'm hoping that it, maybe it has a little bit of that feel, you know? Yeah. So what was the other the other witch series? Um, the one from uh Oh my God, Jordi Belair wrote it. Uh, oh, um, uh, the, the one in the swamp, the one. In yeah, Florida. right. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's oh, killing God. me. We have to ask Melissa. Uh, yeah, she was on. Wait. I, I know it. I know it. We could find it. Someone Red, look it up. Who's better than I am? Read something. Um. Oh, damn it. I don't know. Red I'm gonna. Stone, I'm, somebody else look it up. I'm gonna move Redland, on. Redlands. 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 Yes. Redlands. Yes. Yeah. There yes. You go. There you go. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that kind of took the place of witches for me when that started coming out. Mm. Anyway, there's always anyway. I, I've got something, some a little bit of business. That's a it's a segue. How about that? Sure. The 
the Batman who laughs is sort of a double in joke because there's a famous novel. Well, not, maybe not anymore. It's not from Victor Hugo called the man who laughs, which was made into a very famous silent movie in 1928 directed by Paul Lenny and starring Conrad Veidt. It was supposed to be Lon Chaney senior, but he backed out to go to MGM. The character Gwynplaine is disfigured into this hideous gaping smile and he has a white face and red lips and greenish hair and he is the complete prototype for the joker who would be created 10 years later huh and there's no question if you if you google the the dvd or blu-ray cover for the man who laughs from kino and look at the picture it's the joker the more you know the man who laughs Okay, that I'm writing this down, and I'm actually going to write it down this time. That's going to be the the picture for the podcast. Okay, the man who laughs cover. 1928. Okay. Um. Oh, you're right. I just googled it. I'm you see computer, so I couldn't not. But like, yeah, that's the right, movie Bob. poster yeah. from 12 yeah. years before. That's actually a really cool poster too. Uh, so really in, cool movie. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. In other, well, let me interrupt. <laughs> In other bat-related <laughs> news, we have uh, Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok to release three Jokers for the DC Black Label that they've been teasing for a while. Uh, we've known that there have been there are three Jokers uh, in and throughout the DC multiverse for a while, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is apparently going to bring them all together. I'm guessing this by the cover of this thing, or at least the promotional art. Like the three amigos, I guess. Uh, right, mm-hmm. with Batman playing cards. Um, I don't know. Sure, I, 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 yeah. I might be, I might be hitting a saturation point with Joker stuff. Um, but you know, all right. Yeah. I love the Joker. I know. I like him too. I like Sorry, him too. I, like I just. It. I do. I'm not that upset that I'm oversaturated with him. <laughs> I see him a lot between the between the two movies that Jared Leto's still Don't playing him. Joaquin Please Phoenix stop. is doing the other thing. Three Jokers here. Scott Snyder's Joker, announcing things. Joker and the wedding and Jokers, just, Jokers, yeah, Jokers. There's a lot of Joker going everywhere. on right now, and I'm just I'm getting to the point where I can't look anywhere and not see his face. Well, um, here I want I point something out here in the promo image we have there with with many Jokers in it by Jason Fabok. That playing card that they're holding up there, mm-hmm. that's what Jerry Robinson drew to show to Bob Kane for the Joker when they first created him. Uh-huh. Yeah, original, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's a replica of what Jerry Robinson actually... Hey, it's a secret, but Jerry Robinson, Bill Finger, basically did all the work on Batman. Sorry, sorry, Bob Kane's relative. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Credit man. where credit is due. Punchy In... tonight. Look at Bob go. <laughs> Spicy. It's the <laughs> Titans. Really... It's the Titans thing. The Titans got you all riled really up. It's got me all wound up. <laughs> I make cuss before the end of the night. <gasps> you already <gasps> said effing. So we you said effing. That like threw effing. me for a loop. Wait until Joey me hears about this. Effing. Um, by the way. Uh, speaking of Joey, Joey will be back on the show next week. Uh, in the meantime, no, keep sending him messages on Twitter to congratulate him about the uh, the one man show deal 
like I said, when well, he comes back, we'll ask him all about it next week, and he can, you know, yeah, tell people he's doing really well. Standing yeah, O's, you know. Didn't, and didn't like, they make an announcement at San Diego that Solomon Grundy, born on Monday, is going to be going to Broadway next year? Yeah, they I did heard something about that. They did. Yeah. I heard, I heard his so, one-man show. Yeah, um, like he's not. He's only responding to a few things text-wise. I think he's kind of building anticipation. Well, yeah. So and um, but keep reaching out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll yeah. Love it. Maybe, we'll, be thrilled. We'll, maybe we'll try to, you know, we'll do a talking comics meetup at Solomon Grundy, born on Monday, you know, on the Roundabout Theater, wherever it's going to be. We, they haven't announced the theory yet. Oh man, no. he sent me like early like test photos for the makeup and everything, and it just looks he looks amazing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I never would have thought he's been working out. All kinds of stuff. All right. Uh, for the last... Yeah, you almost made it. Steve. I know. It's her. It's Jessica's fault. She started snickering and I couldn't help it. All right. Um, it was like Muttley. Super, super quick, because uh, we've got to end this thing. Um, yeah. Not to blow uh, over these, but I don't have articles and details and stuff. So a couple of quick hits for announcements. Kelly Thompson has a new Jessica Jones digital ah, comic. It's Kelly Thompson. Yeah. Oh, what did I say? Kelly Thompson. Oh, I did. Okay, good. Oof. Um, so that's, that's out now. Uh, you can go and check that out. I'm looking forward to reading that later tonight. Uh, Grant Morrison is going to be writing Green Lantern, which uh-huh. I'm 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 on board for that. I don't know what it's going to be, but I've always kind of liked Green Lantern stuff. I haven't read it in a long time, but I would go back for Grant Morrison and check it out. Um, anybody else? I'd rather him write Green Lantern than Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey. <laughs> so uh, there you go. So Tom uh, Scoily, I think it is, uh, is going to be writing GoBots. So that's neat. Oh, what, that the the old cartoon? Go yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Not the okay. robots in disguise, but the other ones. Right. Yeah, the, the low rent versions from Clerks too. Yeah, yeah I remember. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else do we got here? Last one. Uh, Shredder in Hell from IDW with art and story by Santa Luca. Santa Luco. Uh, is, the, is the rat? No, Shredder's, Shredder's, the, rat? No, Shredder's, Shredder's the bad guy. Shredder's the... the, the the dude with That's all the knives. Splinter. What was the Splinter's, rat? Splinter's the rat. Splinter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Splinter. Sorry. So okay. Shredder, Shredder in Hell, which cannot I cannot help but think of Jason in Hell, where Jason goes to Hell. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, Is yeah. that what it's gonna? I, that has to be a joke. That has to be a play off of it because Shredder in Hell. Well, I they've mean, done like, they've I, done Hellboy in Hell. Like it's yeah, it's not exactly yeah. breaking. Uh, yeah, no. the Blue in Hell. Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know. Oh, what are we gonna call this thing? Like, well, Shredder, I just, Shred, well, Shredder in Hell. Just call it Shredder in Hell, man. Like, you've been asking me this for days. Just call it Shredder in Hell. <laughs> it's fine. We're done. Now. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Go away. <laughs> it was either like that or he just woke up and he's like, we're going to call it Shredder in Hell. And everybody stood up and was like, yeah. Cut this man another check. Yeah. All right. Um. So that's going to. It's going to be it for announcements from San Diego Comic-Con. Lots of cool things coming our way from different publishers and whatnot, mostly DC and Marvel. Um, Marvel did not have much of a presence at all at San Diego Comic-Con this year, which I thought was a little odd. Weird. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's... I think it's just where they're at. They don't want to. They don't want to show anything for Infinity War Part Two. They're not ready for that yet. 
And there, I don't think like that was a thing I forgot to mention about Shazam. They threw that thing together real quick because that movie has not been uh, shooting for very long. And they managed to like cram all that stuff in there, like actually tell a little bit of a story inside that trailer from like a a, ta- a timetable perspective. That trailer was pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't think they have enough for Captain Marvel yet to share anything. I think that's going to be its own like Newsday event. Like they're going to they're going to launch that in the morning on some talk show and that's going to be the thing. We'll see. We'll see. It'll be Jimmy Kimmel. I uh, it better not America be. I can't stand that guy. Um, yeah, but that's their station. That's yeah. ABC. I don't like him. I don't. I don't. I don't like him. I just. I remember the Man Show. Damn it, Man Show was pretty was pretty offensive, and I just you know people people do change and and people learn and stuff like that. I just my main my main offense with him is I don't find him funny. And I don't find him warm and I don't find him genuine. And I know like there are a couple, there are probably a lot of people that disagree with me. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just the man show stuff. I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Um, (laughs) What are we looking forward to this week? We are Bob. Why don't you tell us what you're looking forward to this week? Well, we do have Marvel two in one number eight. We've got a new moon girl. We have modern fantasy number two by Kristen Godsnock. What? We have Wonder Woman number 51. James Robinson will not be darkening my towels again. It'll be Steve Orlando writing this issue. He'll write a couple of issues before we get into some silly crossover stuff before G. Willow Wilson takes over. And I've heard rumors that Doomsday Clock number six will be out. It's it's on my pull list. I got my email. Uh, it's, okay. it's in there, so Isn't it should it, uh, be there. Like a, a mime origin story issue. Oh no! Is it I have no idea. something like I that? Have no idea. I don't even remember what the last one was. I don't. Even <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't remember what's going on in it. I have to go back and read them. Times all up. To, like remember what's happening. Times up. Doomsday clock. <laughs> Only twelve um, more to go. Are those all your books, Bob? Yeah, that's about it. It's a light week. All right. Uh, Jess, what are you picking up? Um, well, I have Doomsday Clock as well. That's supposed to be in my bag. We'll see if that happens. Um, <laughs> or if I care. Uh, Saga number 54 comes out. Uh, that will be in my bag. I will be picking up the StarCraft uh, comic because I have to. Um, it's Scar... Stru- blah, blah, blah. Yep, I've had a few. It's that point in time. <laughs> it's that point in time, friends, where I can no longer speak. Yeah, StarCraft Scavengers number one comes out. Uh, Just League Dark number one. Mr. and Mrs. X number Aww. one comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple like weird other books like Hellicious number one comes out. Like there's a bunch of number ones I have coming on my list. And that's, so delicious. That's kind of... Sorry. Yeah, it's Hellicious. So we're going to hell again. Hellicious. Like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. No Fergie. Come on. Oh, man. I'm no not Fergie? singing Fergie. I'm not being <laughs> Fergie sucks too. All I'm right. Oh, I don't know how to, I don't know where to go where to go with that though, you know. <laughs> um books that I'm looking forward to this week. <laughs> Lucy Dreaming number five. Uh Justice League Dark number one. 
Modern Fantasy 2. Thank you for reminding me, Bob. Moon Girl as well. Mother Panic Gotham AD number 5. I believe it's the last issue of Descender. I think if, so. If Melissa were here, she'd let me know. Uh, Hit Girl number 6. The New World number 1. Um, oh my god, I can't remember. It's Aleshkot and an artist that I really like and can't remember. No! Redneck number 13. Saga number 54. I haven't read Saga in several issues. I'm terrible. Mr. and Mrs. X number one. And Multiple Man number two is also on my list. I thought there was one other thing you were going to mention. I Sometimes I don't always write them down. Sometimes I don't see them. What is it? Huh? With the coming relaunch of Fantastic Four, Marvel does these True Believers books for a buck or a buck and a quarter, whatever they are. They've been really and, good, too. And one of the ones this week is The Birth of Valeria. <gasps> yeah. And they've been, like, pretty popular. Like, we sell them, like, like pretty well. And it's it, they're really cool. I will get that. I'm writing that down. You got to get that one. Yep. Yep. I'm writing and wrote it down already. I still need to catch up with uh, Chips' Zarsky's Marvel 2 and 1. Oh, that would have been awesome. I know. I know. I want to go back and read the whole thing. I got to finish Suicide Squad first. I still have a while to go. Um, I just, well, I'm I'm halfway through volume five right now. So um, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Oh, oh, before before I forget, on the Fantastic Forefront, uh, John Burkle, our Talking Comics contributor writer, has started a series of columns called My Fantastic Four Journey, mm-hmm. where he had basically sent me an email asking, well, if I were reading, want to read Fantastic Four stories, what should I read? So I sent him a list, and he's actually sort of following along and he it's a, it's a that's really cool <laughs> it's a yeah it's a it's a great uh bit as as he talks about in this case the lee kirby era he's moving on to the john byrne one in the next segment so it's a way for you folks who want to catch up to the first family of comics before they come out in just a couple of weeks now there's a way even if only reading john's column you'll be able to see where we were at over all these 50 odd years all right that's very cool. Mm-hmm. If anybody else would like some homework from Bob, let us know. <laughs> Bob will feel free. He'll he'll give you a list for anything you want to read. Sure. <laughs> you know. Um, do we have my glasses any, uh, at the end of my nose and everything? Yeah. Any closing statements, comments, questions, anything? Yes. If you bring your comics to class, I'm going to take them away. You can get them back at the end of the semester. <laughs> but the teacher gets to read them. Oh, that's exactly why they always kept them. Are you kidding? Oh, oh, wait, wait, I do, I do. Don't forget that August 2nd, me and Bob oh. are going to be hanging out uh, down at Alive After 5, and we're going to be judging a really awesome cosplay contest. You can still enter the cosplay contest, too. Uh, not sure where to go to enter them. <laughs> I know if you go to the Androids Comics Facebook page, there is information there, though. So there if you, you want to come, me and Bob will be hanging out down there. If you can make it, we'd love to see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Very cool. Read the word. Okay, so that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Talking Comics Podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email, podcast at talkingcomicbooks.com. And don't forget to contact us on Twitter at Talking Comics. Uh, we're at talkingcomicbooks.com. <laughs> Whoa. For news, I lost, I, my microphone's very big, and sometimes if I don't peer around it enough, I lose my spot. 
<laughs> articles and reviews about comics, video games, TV shows, and much more. We have podcasts of every flavor, including Talking Games, Valiant, Adventure, and Ladies of Valhalla. Bob, where yeah. can listeners find you? Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com on the old-fashioned email. Or Bob Ryer at .edu. Um, <laughs> or hashtag Bob Ryer on Twitter. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it. a hashtag. You should look really? it up. Really? Yeah. We hashtag you when we talk about you. Oh. You didn't know no, there's so yeah. many. I don't look myself up questions. on Twitter. Go on Twitter and look yourself up. Okay. <laughs> Just type there's in Bob Ryer. Hashtag okay. Bob Ryer. There's a, it's a Twitter hashtag. Yeah. Wow. Um, I never mind. I'm not, I'm not. No, I was gonna make a joke. I am so not making it. Um. <laughs> all right. Jessica. Steve. <laughs> Where can our <laughs> listeners find you? You can find me at Jarska on. Everything. Everywhere. Radio. Radio. I am at a dead underscore anchorus on both Twitter and Instagram. So for Bob. Where in the world is Joey Petrino? No. <laughs> Jessica. Goodbye. <laughs> Don't you mean hello? <laughs> la la la. We'll catch you next week, everybody. We are coming up to our 350th show. We have a couple of really great guests lined up for y'all. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I have been Steve. Thank you so much for joining us. Be good to each other. Loan somebody a comic book. And we'll catch you next time. To be continued.